From the time we are born, we are placed in a bubble. It may be a result of where we are born, the people we are around, or the information we are given. Our mission here on the Sports is a Job podcast is to pop the bubble and help everyone realize they control their own path. We will interview people working in sports to share their story and provide our take on sport industry topics. Hosted by Colby Castillo and Olivia Poutine. Welcome to the Sports is a Job podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports is a Job podcast. For the second week in a row, I bring another sport management instructor to the podcast. And it's a pleasure to have him on, especially with all of his experience. But I understand a lot of you college students and and college students who just graduated are really needing direction and advice in your life. So I'm glad to bring him on the podcast. So I'd like to introduce Nicholas Smith who is currently a professor at FIU, Florida International University. Welcome to the podcast, Nicholas. How are we doing today? Great. Thank you for having me on, Kobe. I really appreciate it. Of course. Like I said, you know, your, your expertise, but also talking about your journey is going to be something that's very valuable to all of my listeners listening right now. Um, we have pulled up in Zoom, you know, kind of your background. So if you could explain to everybody, introduce and go through this uh, for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hello, everyone. Good, uh, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you are or listening from all over the world. You know, as we say, uh, with the new, uh, new developments of Tiger King, you know, on the internet, worldwide. Um, uh, my name is Nicholas Smith. I am a currently um, a, a sport management instructor at Florida International University, um, as well as the internship coordinator um, for FIU um, in Miami, Florida. Um, Bet a little bit about myself um, from a small town called Laplace, Louisiana, um, just about 30 miles west of New Orleans, right in between um, I-10, I-55 uh, corridor. Um, colleges, I went to Troy University. I'm currently a, a PhD student over there, earning my PhD at Troy in Alabama. Um, I earned my master's already from Southeastern Louisiana University. Lion up, go Lions. Um, <laughs> And uh, also, I uh, have my bachelor's degree from, uh, from LSU, uh, the reigning college football national champs, and also the reigning uh, Heisman winner with Joe Burrow and the success of our great football team uh, winning over Clemson in January on the turf of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Um, favorite sports team is New Orleans Saints. Who dat? Very happy with our, uh, with our draft, especially – uh, picking up on uh, the defensive side of the ball, which what we need to do um, as well. Uh, my favorite event I've ever worked is uh, Super Bowl Forty Seven in New Orleans. So the uh, the the sports fans of of y'all y'all would remember this. This was Ray Lewis's last game um, between the Baltimore Ravens and San Francisco Forty Niners. Um, also, this was more uh, more commonly known as the um, as the Blackout Bowl, where the Lights went out in the Superdome um, about about five minutes into the third quarter of the game, re- resulting in a 44-minute um, stoppage in play. Uh, not my fault. I was nowhere <laughs> near that. But, uh, you know, I, uh, it was definitely memorable because it was definitely my first Super Bowl. Uh, the picture here is uh, myself at uh, this year's Super Bowl, where I was um, on the volunteer recruiting committee for um, – for the Super Bowl host committee for uh, Miami. Um, my uh, practical experience in um, sport management all results from uh, 
this little building in uh, in the downtown area of New Orleans, uh, of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, Smoothie King Center, and Champion Square. Um, I would have never thought my uh, my journey in sport management um, would take me uh, all over the world, all over the country, um, with working in sports, with learning about sports. I would have never thought in the summer of 2006, walking into a FEMA trailer at the then the Louisiana Superdome, um, would uh, lead me to a career in sport management. But uh, a, as uh, as we've seen that uh, sports can unite us all. Sport de has definitely um, uh, attracted so much with uh, my life and definitely enhanced it. Um, so anything with um, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, um, Smoothie King Center and Champion Square that they've hosted between uh, 2006 and 2018, um, I've been a part of um, in some way. And that includes um, our Super Bowl 47, which I mentioned, uh, men's and women's Final Four, uh, three NBA All-Star Games, uh, the Arena Bowl, um, a speech by the Dalai Lama, um, the first concert post um, post the Las Vegas shooting of Jason Aldean uh, was in New Orleans at Champion Square. Um, also, any um, the rebranding of the New Orleans Hornets, now the New Orleans Pelicans, um, and the homecoming or the dome coming. Um, that we just saw on uh, ESPN about this time, about three weeks ago, for the Monday Night Football game of the Saints returning to um, returning to New Orleans um, after the devastation of Hurricane Katrina. Uh, that being said, I've also had a, a um, I've held an internship in New York City at St. John's University. Um, so, with my uh, practical experience, and with that, um, I. You know, I've uh, flourished in the sport management industry. I knew that um, working in um, working in sports would definitely lead me to uh, different and new places. And I would have never thought that 13 years ago, um, the uh, the world of sport management would lead me to the uh, taking my talents to South Beach. Um, I've definitely uh, learned a whole lot. And I've been here in Miami for about two years as well. Um, but uh, that being said, you know, I'm very happy to be on this po podcast uh, with you and, you know, to help help our uh, help your readers and listeners to um, to the great things that y'all are doing up there in Minnesota. So I'm oh. very happy to uh, to to talk about that and any, anything you're anything you want to talk about. <laughs> well, I, I think we have to start off with with those 13 years, right, of, of you and that practical experience. I mean, tell me a little about what you were doing. I mean, what, what were the certain things that you were doing during this time? Oh, absolutely. Well, actually, um, when I was hired at the Superdome, um, I was probably like a lot of your, um, like a lot of your listeners, you know, um, uh, like sports. I knew that there were um, certain opportunities over there. And also I was tired of working at Target. <laughs> Um, which is based in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, uh, as uh, in twenty in two thousand six, I was hired as a usher ticket taker. Um, so I mean, I was that guy at the each section in the VOMs, your vomitories, just checking tickets, helping people where to go, where where to uh, find things. Um, and um, from there, after um, after I graduated LSU in two thousand nine. 
I interviewed for a event coordinator job. And event coordinator job, those of you who don't know, event coordinating, um, if you go to any sort of event, whether it's, you know, say you go to a Cleveland Cavaliers game, um, there's someone there who's in charge of running that event, that Cleveland Cavaliers versus whatever team it is. And that is an event coordinator. Um, I interviewed for that and I didn't get it. Um, I didn't get the job. Uh, you know, I was 22 when I uh, interviewed there. So I didn't have, you know, a lot of experience. I was a fresh college grad. Um, as, uh, as other experiences there, um, they, but they did offer me another position and as a manager assistant in the operations department. Now, what does a manager assistant do? Manager assistant troubleshoots patron concerns. Um, any patron coming through the door, you'd probably see right after you get your bag checked and your uh, security and wanded and show them your ticket. You go inside the building, there's usually one or two people standing there with either a, uh, with either police or public safety. And um, you would monitor gate areas, you'd troubleshoot if, you know, tickets aren't working, scanners go down, that sort of thing. Um, but the uh, most important thing that I did with the uh, Superdome was working in the command post. Um, that was, that is an area at the, um, uh, they're different at every building you go to. Um, some, some don't have, some are going to be underneath the stadium and other buildings. Um, some are going to be at the very, very top. So if you ever go inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, you look up at the scoreboard and on the right, you'll see a, um, it's about a 20 by 20 box where we have people from every single, um, every single department, um, all working together, um, logging calls, we're listening on the radio, troubleshooting concerns, um, and this is everybody. Your, um, if we start down the line, you have your um, housekeeping, your guest services, your engineering, um, anything with anything that has, uh, you know, lights or any sort of um, elevators or escalators. Um, that'll be anything with engineering. Then we have public safety. Then we have uh, police, whether it be local, um, local police, or sometimes um, the state police would supplement. Um, as well as fire, as well as um, the third party company, which we use um, at the Superdome called Landmark Event Staffing Services. Um, they would um, check bags, they would um, do uh, basically the yellow jackets outside of the um, outside of the building, where they would be locking it down 24 hours prior. That's a big thing that the NFL does now. Um, and as well as food, parking, fire, and I was in operations. Um, operations basically was trying to make sure that we have everything working together as well as it can be um, for any event that we had through our doors. So that includes, you know, yes, football games, basketball games, but also we have uh, concerts every year, um, whether it be in the Smoothie King Center with um, small arena shows or giant stadium shows like U2, like Justin Bieber, um, uh, big shows like that that um, that uh, work out of the uh, Superdome with excess of 35,000, 40,000 seats, um, seats sold, including the floor. Um, so that being said, you know, a lot of um, a lot of that, you know, didn't start until I got that first no, mm. until I got that first no from um, from that job, from that job that told me, you know, you know, we like you, you like you, Nick, but you know, this is, we're going to go another way. 
And, um, you know, from there, you know, I learned a whole bunch. Um, actually, a lot of my research into um, when I went to grad school, um, you know, all stemmed from my experiences from working at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I mean, that's, that's big to hear that, you know, this time with the Mercedes-Benz Superdome really helped lead you down the path you are today. And I kind of want to stick on that point where you mentioned, you know, where you got your first knoll kind of set everything up after that, right? And I think that's very important at 22 years old, coming out of college, you're applying for a job. I'm sure like all of us, you know, high hopes of getting the job, probably thought, you know, it went well. Um, interview went well, I'll probably get a call or email soon. And you get that no, and they tell you no. So now you're a professor at FIU with sport management. How much did this, you know, this experience, your own personal experience, play a role in you placing an importance for your current students on getting, you know, industry experience while they're in college so they can prepare when they graduate to get the job they want um, right when they graduate. Sure. Well, think thinking back then to, um, you know, like what I wish I would have known, mm. um, you know, as a, you know, in college, um, as a, as a student, you don't think about, you know, the, the road, the road, what it's going to look like when, when you're in, when you're there, in classes, trying to get internships, trying to get that first job out of school. You don't think about that when you're doing it. You know, you're like, okay, well, I didn't get that job and I now have a, um, a uh, part-time job. You know, where does that no, where, where does that no bring you from there? Um, it's, it's about persistence. You know, uh, Coach Lou Holtz talked about that. Um, you know, his national championship winning coach from University of Notre Dame. Um, key to happiness is persistence. You want something, go get it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think about the saying, there was somebody earlier this week um, that said, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And it's so that they, like part of what you were saying is persistence, right? You control the outcome by controlling how much effort and what you do to put into it. And so as a professor, you know, dealing with a lot of students, you know, some of our listeners are, are probably high school students or even people maybe transferring from their current major looking for a school with sport management. You know, what is the importance of picking the right sport management program? What does a good sport management program look like? Oh, that's a, that's a very good question. It's all how you apply yourself. Um, you know, you can have the best people in the industry give you advice but if you don't actually follow it how are you knowing that you're actually going to do something um also you know it doesn't happen you know like your your say your top tier what we would view as top tier schools would unfortunately people um uh coincide that with their athletic programs but you know if just because a student comes from say a small division two school like Valdosta state um, does not mean that, you know, they don't have anything worthy to um, accomplish just because they come from a smaller school. Um, good sport management programs, you know, try to um, try to think of that world behind, behind like as a whole, think of this, think of your, 
world, not just how it affects you in college or in high school, but think of how you want to fit in this world. Um, that's one big thing too, that, um, you know, that not a lot of schools um, uh, emphasize. Uh, with all my students here in Miami, I try and get them to think of outside of Miami. I try and think of, you know, Miami is beautiful. Miami, we have a, a strong tourism industry. We, you know, we just hosted the Super Bowl. We, um, you know, we have every major sport here. But a lot of students who are, you know, that w go to school online, they're not here in Miami. You know, they're in other places around the country. They're in places like Charlotte, North Carolina. They're in places like Big Timber, Montana. They're in places like uh, Los Angeles. They have, um, they don't have that arm that, that um, being close to any sort of regional sports um, would help. Um, that being said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emphasis um, with schools um, that I think is important to, uh, to try and create um, as much positivity as you can. You know, you may be two hours from the largest town, uh, from the large town with sports, but I guarantee you, you're going to be close to a high school, a high school that would need some sort of um, help with their athletic program um, near a park or recreation department that would need some sort of help. And I'm here to say there's a lot of things that you can learn working at a local high school that you would never, ever think of if you go work for someone big like University of Texas Athletics. Um, there are things that you can learn so much more in, um, in uh, high school athletics at local levels, at what some would see, some would call small levels that, you know, you would never do in pro sports or college sports. Um, uh, for example, fundraising. You know, we, we all see, you know, the people fundraising for uniforms, for, um, for budget-wise and things like that. Um, you know, University of Texas doesn't need to do that. You know, LSU doesn't need to do that. But at a high school level, you have to know how to do that. You have to know how to budget yourself, um, whether, you know, whether we're talking about fundraising, whether we're talking about um, the light bill, whether we're talking about paying officials. Um, there's a lot of things that you can learn um, at the local levels that, that um, you know, are not in college or not in the pros um, when talking about working in sports. Um, that being said, you know, it all, it all depends on how you apply yourself. Um, there are people, you know, who work, you know, work on getting a, uh, work on applying themselves through school. And there are some that don't, there are some that are just there to get a grade and get a piece of paper because that's what their dad tells them to do, or that's what their mom tells them to do, or that's what it is, is expected of them. But like all things, you know, it's about what you're passionate about. If, um, you know, I tell students all the time, you know, don't, don't do, don't do this major just because, you know, you like sports and you like watching ESPN and everything like that. And you're excited to know where Antonio, Antonio Brown goes next. Um, you know, there are a lot of students out there that, you know, they're, they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it because it's what's expected of them. Um, you know, as a educator, I try and encourage them that, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, it doesn't matter what someone is expecting of you. You have to do it for yourself. 
because in the end, that's that's all that matters. That is that's your chosen profession. You know, like there's a popular saying, I'm sure you've heard it, um, that says the more people that says, um, you know, if you go to work every day, it's not like if you go to work every day and it doesn't feel like work, then you really like felt your calling. I felt I've, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, like it's not like a uh, it's not a job exactly. if it doesn't feel like work. Exactly. Um, and I love doing that with. Um, with uh working in sports and also i love doing that with which with teaching um you know it's very exciting going up and you know um seeing the next generation out there the ones that are going to be running the new england patriots the ones that are going to be running the new york yankees um it's very exciting for uh for me to see that especially as an educator as a researcher um those are the things i like um i like to definitely you know, get involved with as much as I can um, from the education side with sport management. Yeah. I mean, to be able to say you're training the future leaders of the sports industry. I mean, that's an amazing thing to say, but for me personally, you know, I always have a place in my heart for sport management instructors and professors, because like you were saying, you know, do this for yourself, right? Don't do something because it's expectations of others. And it was my sport management professor and advisor, Eddie Walker, when I came to school, I was going to go into physical therapy. And he said, why are you doing that? And, you know, I thought really hard about it. And it was, well, that's what everybody else wanted me to do. That's what they want me to do. And then I found out that my passion was for the sports industry. And because of him and having that conversation and somebody to really guide me, um, that's, you know, it led me down the path I am today. And, and, and I'm thankful for him, thankful for him. I'm thankful for people like you and all the other professors out there that dedicate their time to really help guide the younger generation, us in that right direction of where we truly want to go. Um, now your experience with the sports industry and, and with 13 plus years, um, you know, you do research, you got these different degrees, you volunteer at different places. One of the interesting things I like to ask is, you know, what do you think maybe is a future trend um, in the sports industry that a lot of people need to be aware about? Well, that's a very good thing. That's a very good question, Colby. Thank you for asking that. The The big thing that, um, you know, I, I go to sport management conferences um, all over the country. The last one I went to was um, in Chicago for the Sport Marketing Association. Um and they asked that same question that said, you know, like, what are things that you think are going to be the big things in the future? Esports came to play. Esports, gambling, um, because five, 10 years ago, we weren't thinking of that. We weren't thinking of, you know, how much, you know, usage there is on, on Twitch compared to other places. Um, you know, that's one big thing that, uh, you know, programs are developing like curriculum for esports. There are jobs out there for people managing either esports as you know as athlete representatives, or as people actually putting on events that are actually host esports. Um, that's one big thing too. Um, also, streaming, uh, streaming services. You know, nowadays, you know, you open up your your um, your Apple. Uh, you know, your Apple TV at home and you have 
all these streaming services, you know, your Disney Plus, your ESPN Go, your um, HBO Max, um, Showtime Max, and they're all like separate, you know, like you've, you've, uh, <laughs> you've had your Netflix, you've had your, your Amazon TV. Um, I'm looking in the future that I think a lot of that is going to consolidate somewhere where, you know, yes, you know, like Disney and ESPN and kind of like consolidated that a little bit, but, um, at a much grander scale, um, that's one big thing that, uh, I think is going to, uh, I think is going to happen more, um, especially with, uh, especially with that. So there you go. Esports, um, more emphasis on gambling now that it's, uh, legal for sports to be gambled on. And also, um, also here with, uh, uh, consolidation of uh, streaming services. No, because there's a lot more different content um, mm -hmm. out there for people. Mm -hmm. And and I think with the trend of esports, I mean, really, it's been catapulted, right? W with the whole pandemic going on, I mean, you're seeing the numbers just jump up like crazy. So really, it could have fast forward the whole process of of esports being. I mean, it was already big, but it could be taking it to you know this different scale of big. And so that's one area I think a lot of people should be paying attention to just because there may be future possible or impossible opportunities for them to get in. And I, I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to it right now. Well, Nick, I appreciate your yeah. time. Um, I want to make sure, you know, with everything you're saying, and I know from Twitter, you're always telling people like reach out to you for help and things like that. Where can they find you on, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or any other social media or platform? Absolutely. Um, Twitter. Uh, Nick Smith, M-A. So that's Nick Smith, N-I-C-K-S-M-I-T-H, and then M-A. Um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn, Nicholas Smith. Um, you can just look Nicholas Smith, F-I-U. Um, if you're interested in any sort of my research, I research a lot of sport terrorism. Um, if you research Nicholas Smith, Boston Marathon bombing, uh, you'll find me on there. Um, and also you can find me on campus teaching, uh, teaching year-round in Miami at a beautiful Florida International University. I appreciate it, Nick. And everybody, you heard it from him. That's how you get in contact with him. That's how you can reach him. And for everybody out there, like we always say, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone.